to marry him, she insisted. Think, girl, her father roared. You are used to finery and ease. Do you think this rough woodsman will be able to provide it for you? I really don't care, she responded. Surely there is more to life than tea parties and silk dresses? Yes, there is more to life. There is poverty and need and hungry, unkempt children. But I do not wish it for an offspring of mine. She pleaded then, Oh, Papa, please, I beg of you, don't send him away. I would rather have little with this man by my side than a fine mansion and someone I don't love. In the end, her father gave in, though reluctantly. I am thankful that your dear mamma isn't alive to see you leave for that godforsaken wasteland, he whispered as he kissed her goodbye after the wedding ceremony. She would never forgive me. His heavy sigh told Julia that he suffered because of her going. Come and see us someday, Papa, she pleaded. I will write to you as soon as we are settled. And she kissed his cheek where the tears had left dampness. So she and John moved west, settling in a remote village tucked in the Rocky Mountains. John took a job as overseer in a large lumber mill. Julia stopped her needlework to concentrate on those early years of marriage. They had been difficult, requiring both her and John to make many adjustments. Thinking back, she was glad her father had not made a trip west to visit them at the time. Then their lives took an unexpected turn. John's uncle came to them in need. Born and raised in the wilds, Uncle George was a salty, rough man, crude in his manners, and Julia felt uneasy around him. But he was John's kin, and when he took ill, Julia suggested he move into the spare room in the small house they rented. By the time he died, Julia had changed her mind about Uncle George. At his simple funeral service, she cried harder than any of the other mourners. She would miss him, she knew. She had learned to love him in the time that she had waited on him. You mustn't weep so, John cautioned as he placed his arm around her shoulders. You must be extra careful. Julia looked at her increasing waistline. Not wishing to harm their unborn child, she stopped her crying straightened her shoulders, and blew her nose in her linen handkerchief. I will miss him, she said softly. He really had a special sweetness about him. I never thought I'd hear you call Uncle George sweet, John teased. Salty was the word you used to use for him. Remember how uncomfortable his quick, sharp tongue used to make you? John pulled Julia into his arms. But Uncle George surprised us, didn't he? Underneath all that, he had a sweet spirit. We both will miss him. And then the unexpected. The old trapper, miner, lumberman, prospector, somehow, somewhere, had hit pay dirt. Stashed away in a local bank was a large sum of money from a gold strike. No one knew about it until after his death, when John and Julia learned that he had left it all to them, 
as thanks for all you have done in caring for and loving a grouchy old man. Julia cried again. John was less emotional about the windfall. He set to work immediately to build Julia the kind of home he felt she wanted and deserved. He spared no expense. By the time the home was ready for occupancy, the money was exhausted, but Julia was the mistress of a fine manor, the only one in town that had indoor plumbing and a generator to supply electricity. By the time they moved into the house, their family had increased. The child they had looked forward to turned out to be a girl with a twin sister. Julia was ecstatic. Having been an only child, she could think of no greater gift to give a child than a sibling playmate. They will be kindred spirits, she bubbled.